Hello and welcome to Unbiased. I'm your host, Michael Hairston. I greatly appreciate you tuning in today. There are a lot of things vying for your attention and time, yet you chose to spend a few minutes listening to the words of wisdom and experience that I want to share today, and I do not take that for granted. So let's get into today's topic as we talk about things that can help empower your decisions and spark your conversation concerning personal finance. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining. I'm looking forward to today's conversation because today we're going to talk about investing, which is the thing that everybody always wants to talk about. So um, today's a good day. We're going to be talking about investing. And specifically what I'm going to do is talk about a concept that I introduced in the last podcast, Got Stimmy. And in that podcast, I talked about indexed investing. And I want to go more in depth about indexed investing. So uh, indexed investing, to me, it's it's a um, bona fide investment strategy that has merit. So one of the things I talked about when you start to invest is that you always want to have a strategy. You want to start with whatever your goals and objectives are, and then you want to build a strategy. So the strategy basically is a blueprint for what you need to do and how you need to do it. So with investing, um, you, without a strategy, when you invest without a strategy, you tend to be all over the place. So it's good to have a strategy. So index investing is a, is a strategy that is passive in nature. And the whole point behind index investing is that you are attempting to generate returns similar to a broader market index that you are attracted to. Now, when I say broader market index, what I probably probably comes to mind is stocks, bonds, because if you're paying attention to your local news or you're paying attention to financial news, you hear a lot about these two uh, broad market index, which is a stock market index or a bond index. But believe you me, there are a lot of other broad market index that exist. Well, the whole point behind index investing is you are passively trying to do exactly what the market is doing to generate a similar type of return. I kind of liken it to you basically are cutting and pasting. So remember back in high school, how you had to write your papers and you had to turn them into your English teacher, but you waited to the last minute and you pressed for time. So you copy a little bit of this and you paste a little bit of that and then you kind of put it together to submit your paper. So just think of indexed investing as kind of that way where you're copy and pasting. But the what you're going to do is you're going to look at how all of the investments that make up a broader market index. And you're going to say, OK, I'm basically going to buy the same assets that make up this broad market index buy those into my own portfolio. And once I buy them, I'm just going to ride and just let it ride and not do anything to it. Just continue to keep letting it do what it do what it does. So that's the the essence of indexed investing. Hence, it's passive because you are a, a, attempting just to generate and do exactly what the market's doing. Now, I said this word a couple of times and I hope you picked up on it, which is that indexed investing is a bona fide strategy, meaning that I'm attempting to do some, I see something and I'm attempting to do what I see. So uh, there's a market index. I'm following this index. I like this index and I want to do exactly what this market index does. Now, with every strategy, you have to have a way to execute that strategy and that to execute the strategy of indexed investing. That can be done one of two ways. That either means you have all of the money that you need necessary to be to buy all of the assets that are part of a, of a market index of choice or you use an index fund. Now, most individuals don't have enough money on hand to buy all the same investments that make up a particular market index. But, and if you do have the capital on hand, that's awesome. 
what I would say is, you know, you want to track, you're, you're probably tracking one index or maybe two, but to track multiple index that requires a substantial amount of capital because you're going to be buying the actual individual assets that make up the market indexes of choice. So the most common execution uh, strategy, the most common means of executing the index strategy is really done by selecting an index fund. And an index fund, all it does is it tracks a particular market index or indices that you're interested in following. Specifically, it's the index fund is designed to uh, not only closely follow a specific market index, it has to invest in the same assets that make up that index. And it also must adhere to certain preset rules and regulations regarding the management of the index fund in order to qualify as an index fund. Now, that's that last piece that I really like because it's a system of checks and balances. Because a lot of times, you know, in life, we're told one thing and something else happens, you know, goes without saying that's that's par for the course. And no one really likes that. And where you're told one thing and something else happens and you really don't want to see that happen within your investments. So with an index index fund, because of the preset rules and regulations that are there, it's a little difficult to pull off the, you know, the, the, the switcheroo where we tell you one thing and something else happens. Because with an index fund, the preset rules and regulations are there to govern how an index fund tracks an index and manages the investments according to the index weighting. So it, 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 bottom line is what the financial regulators don't want is for you to call yourself an index fund, but you aren't closely tracking the index that you claim to. Because really that gets into deceitful marketing and that's a no-no on financial services and no one wants to be deceived regarding anything that you're investing your money into. So back to the index fund, it, you know, think of it this way, whatever specific assets make up a particular market broad market index of choice and that you're interested in whatever assets make up that broad market index an index fund is going to hold exactly the same assets in order to track what the broad market index does over time so here's an example to illustrate what i'm talking about so if you watch you know market news or local news you'll see a particular stock index called the s p 500 Highly popular, widely used within financial service and also across the globe. This is a collective list of stock investments that are tracked or monitored by Standard & Poor's. Now, Standard & Poor's is a, is a company that's in the business of evaluating and grading securities. So Standard & Poor's and its management have developed a list of 500 stocks, hence the S&P 500. And this list of 500 stocks is 500 stocks of the largest publicly traded companies across various business segments, sectors. Hence, that's why it's called the S&P 500 Stock Market Index. Now, an index fund that is designed and markets itself as an S&P 500 index fund that means it tracks the S&P 500 broad market index, means that the fund managers responsible for managing the portfolio of the index fund, they have to invest in the same 500 stocks that are on the S&P 500 stock index list. So the, these fund managers who track the index, they have rules and regulations regarding how they make and manage the invest in investments, including the weight of the investments, meaning how much of the, the total dollars go toward a particular asset. But the bottom line is they have to stay as close to the index as possible or else. And that or else, that's where it gets scary. I mean, you don't want to get into that, that, that. They don't want to get into that realm. So they want to stay as close as possible to the index. So now index fund companies and managers, 
while they have to stay as close to the index as possible, there there are regulations that the, the regulations are loose enough that allow them uh, allow the managers and the fund companies to decide what's suitable for the specific index fund that they are managing. Because let's face it, there's 500 names that are there while Standard & Poor's may say, hey, this is a great list of 500 uh, of the largest publicly traded stocks. We need to keep an eye on these. The actual individual index fund manager may decide, you know what, I like 495, but there's five of these that, you know, I, I don't really, uh, you know, for me, they don't really make sense. So there is some wiggle room with the rules and regulations that allow a, a fund manager and investment company to make some small changes to how the portfolio is managed. And that's what you want is you want the investment managers to be able to determine what's what what is a qualified and bona fide investment, even if they are tracking a particular market index. But the bottom line is this they still have to, due to the rules and regulations, stay as close to the index as they possibly can. Now, I mentioned the S&P 500 as a broad market index. Now, this is just one of many, many, many different type of broad market index indices that you can track. And I'm going to say that again. This is just one of many, many, many different broad market indices you can track. But what I want to do is stay on the S&P 500 just because uh, it's a it's a it's a good one to talk about from an illustration standpoint. It's widely known um, and 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 there's historical data that we can point to. And I want to give you some of the historical data regarding the S&P 500 and this particular index. Now, this index has been in existence since 1926, but in 1957, it expanded to 500 stocks. So since 1957 uh, until now, and when I say now here, early part of 2021, the average rate of return of the S&P 500 has been about 10.34%. That's the average annual rate of return. So if your investment portfolio consisted of the same 500 stocks that made up the index, then your portfolio would have increased in the same manner over the same time. So different way of saying it is this, if you put $100 in the S&P 500 index at the beginning of 1957 and let that $100 ride, you bought the same stocks that were in the index or you bought an index fund that tracked the S&P 500 and you used just $100, then by the beginning of this year, the beginning of 2021, that $100 would be worth $54,323.03. That's not bad. In fact, that's stellar. And I think anybody would take that in a heartbeat. You mean to tell me I'm going to invest $100 in 1957 and then, you know, it's a long time I got to wait, but that $100 would grow into 54323303 Yeah, I'll take that. So, you know, the, the the example that I just gave, it speaks to the power of index investing and how powerful the strategy can be. And a powerful result that it provides is consistent performance by just staying invested in the same assets that make up the broad, the broad market S&P stock index. So nothing special, just passively cutting, pasting, rolling along steadily as the market rolls along. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's because the results, as you can, we can see from historical perspective, the results are stellar. Now, past results are not indicative of future, uh, uh, future results. And you know, no one's promising and I'm not promising that this will be the same in the future. 
it's good to again look at history and see what's happened but the history points to the power of the index investing strategy because what you want to do is you want to in index investing and executing this strategy the whole point is you're trying to generate returns similar to a broad market index. No one knows what the broad market's going to do in the future, but there's nothing wrong with building your investment portfolio in a way to where it can track a broad market index of choice. Now, I've talked a lot about the S&P 500 here for the last few minutes, but I need you to understand again that there are many, many, many different type of broad market indices that exist within stocks, within the the bond and fixed income world within commodities, currencies, and other types of sectors like real estate, biotech, technology. There's a lot of different broad market indices that have been created over time regarding these various assets or business segments uh, or big business sectors rather. And while the broad market indices have become diverse, so too have the options within each particular indice of choice, meaning there's many index funds that track these respective market indices. So going back to the S&P 500, you know, <laughs> there are 225 different options that closely track the S&P 500 index. So again, there are 225 different index fund options that closely track the S&P 500 broad market stock index. 225 and that's just within really that 225 is just within mutual funds and, and exchange traded funds which are two investment vehicles that i talked about in one of our previous podcasts and i'll talk about those in a future podcast but that's just 225 between those two um the different investment vehicles that are tracking closely to the s p 500 stock index that's a lot of options and I, you know, I, I'm one for, I love having many options to choose from, but 225, that's a lot of options to select, uh, just to track one index. But as I said before, there are many broad market indices that exist within, uh, stocks, bonds, commodities, currencies, real estate, um, in different business sectors and each within each one of those broad market indices, you'll have many different index funds that track that respective market index indices. So many choices galore. And I can already get the sense that you're probably going to ask, well, what do you do? <laughs> and well, what does one do? And, you know, I, I got to tell you, like I always do, which is, you know, investing is highly personal. So remember the personal goal you have for investing and determine how, and, and think about, as you think about that personal goal that you have for investing, try to, try to figure out is indexing is an index strategy useful to you and can it help you achieve your goal? So your goal is, is your goal. Um, and your investment strategy that you implement has to tie to and help you execute that goal. So is it possible that invest index investing strategy can help? I mean, simply put index investing is an easy strategy to implement because it starts by following just a simple broad market index or indices. You might have more than one that you're interested in. Um, but you just follow these market index and indices that are of personal interest to you. Hence, that's why I want to take a, take a pause for a second and remind everybody that again, investing is highly personal. So if you're going to engage in, in an indexed strategy, then indexed investing strategy, then make sure you pick markets, market index 
or market indices that are of particular interest to you. Invest in what you know and are heavily attracted to because this is the best way to keep you engaged and keep you focused regarding your investment portfolio. So start with what you know, start with your goals, you know, determine if indexing is something that you should do and could do. It quite frankly is very easy to do, but look at some type of broad market index or indices that are of particular interest and start to evaluate those and determine, Hey, maybe this is something that I want to do. When you start to look at, you know, uh, some of the performance of the market indices, how it's made up and some of the historical data regarding the particular market indices of choice, which thanks to Google and Siri, you can get access to all types of data regarding market indices at, at will. So now with that being said, when you think about investment fund, uh, investment in index funds, not investment funds, when you think about index funds, there are investment criteria that can really help you evaluate all of these index funds options. So I'm going to give you a few that are top of mind for me. And hopefully you can use this to begin to your due diligence process and really kick it into high gear. So remember the index index investing is a strategy and you want to determine if that strategy is something that you can implement because you want to track particular broad market indices of choice and ones that you're particular of. But once you figure out the broad market indices that you're interested in, now you want to select the investment in the, the index funds that are available within those uh, that they're available that track that particular market index. So how do you evaluate the index funds? Well, here's some things I want you to look at. Number one, I want you to look at who's the investment company that is marketing the index fund. Who's the investment company that is managing the fund that's that's marketing the index fund. You know, so there are some very large companies that are out there. There's some very small companies that are out there. You want to know the investment company that is behind this thing, know the history of that particular company, how long they've been in business. You want to know as much as you can about that particular company, how many other index funds that they have. Is this a specialty for them or is this is just a one off? So there's a lot of things you want to know about the company itself that is marketing the index fund that that is tied to the, the broader market index of, that you're interested in. The next thing you want to do is understand who the actual portfolio manager is that's overseeing the fund, how long they've been on the job, what's their experience like. What's their education? What's their track record been as a manager? That's very, very important because this person is going to be in charge of taking your investment dollars along with other people. If you're using an index fund, they're going to collect money from you and other people and then pull that money together to build the investment portfolio. So you want to make sure that this person is qualified to do the job and they've been on the job for quite some time and that they have experience, adequate experience in managing the portfolio. The next thing you want to look at is assets under management that are held by the particular index fund of choice. So if there is an index fund that you are targeting, hey, how much money is in this particular index fund? Anything under a billion dollars? Anything under a billion dollars is considered a small fund. Now, I'm not going to steer you away from small funds. A small small funds turn into big funds relatively quickly. It's just that with a small fund, you want to do some additional due diligence to understand uh, uh, how long it's been around. If it's a small fund, 
Um, there's some additional due diligence you want to be able to do if it's a smaller fund versus a larger fund. And really with a smaller fund, there may not be as much research data that's available for you because of the sheer size of the fund. So you want to pay attention to that. The next thing you want to pay attention to is the management fees of the index that the index fund charges. The good thing about index funds, because they just they're passive and they basically just follow what the market does. Generally, their fees are 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 relatively inexpensive but you do want to pay attention to those uh you don't want to pick the cheapest fee the, the cheapest fund because that may not be the best fund for you but you do want to make sure that you know that you compare the, the cost of that fund relative to its peers um so that's one thing to keep in mind so also too how long has the index fund been around you know, you, there's, there's always a new fund that comes out every day. There's always a new index fund that's launched with a new twist because it does this different than everybody else. But what you really are after is long-term sustainability. You're a long-term investor. So with an index investing strategy, it's a long-term strategy. So wouldn't it make sense to have a index fund that's been around a long time? So that's something to keep in mind. And then what you also want to do, another thing you want to take in consideration is how the fund has performed relative to its peers. Is it the same as its peers? Are they lagging behind their peers? Are they ahead of their peers? You know, you want to understand how the index fund has performed, because remember, I said index investing strategy is about obtaining a return that's similar to a broad market index, but not all index funds do the same or are operated and managed the same way which then can impact their performance. So you want to see the fund that you're interested in, make sure that you compare its performance relative to others that are like it to see how they stack up. Uh, something else that you want to pay attention to is how closely does the manager track the index? There's something called tracking error. You want to pay attention to that and understand, okay, what's the tracking error for this particular fund? Is it a, is it a very, very small, which you want a very, which you want as an index fund that has a very small tracking error. If you have an index fund that has a large tracking error, that means that they're doing, they're getting further and further away from tracking the market indices of choice. And that's a red flag and something that you want to pay attention to. The last thing I want to point out to you is that you want to make sure you get all the the, the detailed research reports, including perspectives regarding the any type of index fund, whether it's a mutual fund or ETF. So if you're if you are a do-it-yourselfer, you can receive the research reports via your or, or, uh, via your uh, particular uh, trading platform. They have they should have access to research reports. If they do not have access to research research reports or they're not available, uh, the beautiful thing about technology is that you can Google the name of the index fund that you're interested in, and you could probably get your hands on a couple of research reports that way. But you always want to read the actual perspectives that is uh, that comes from the the investment company regarding the index fund, which contains all the, the pertinent and important details about the fund itself. Now, remember that. Indexing strategy provides you with diversification. And th this is something I want to make sure everyone understands. So index strategy provides you with diversification due to the broad nature of the market index of interest, because a broad market index is broad for a reason, because the market index is going to consist of a variety of different assets uh, and different from from different segments or different sectors or what have you. So if you are 
imploring a index strategy, you are also imploring diversification and diversification is key to long-term investing success. I cannot stress that enough. You, you want to be as diversified as you possibly can. We've all heard the saying, do not put all your eggs in one basket. The same is true when you're investing and an index strategy, what makes it powerful is that it, it, it falls right into and provides you with diversification right from the jump. You don't have to go create it on your own. The index strategy provides that diversification. So a couple other final, a couple other points before I, before I wrap up today, don't just select an index fund or any investment for that matter that just because, you know, somebody told you about it, or you might've seen some marketing about it on TV, or that you might've ran across uh, some type of rating system that put a high rating on that particular investment. Don't buy that hype because it really, it is hype. So what you, what I want you to do is I want you to do your due diligence and I want you to understand that that due diligence is highly required. And I want you to go back and, and review the criteria that I just put out a few minutes ago, and just talked about a few minutes ago regarding uh, investment index funds and the investment criteria and how to evaluate them. That's just some, some immediate tools that I can give you because all of the things I've mentioned, you can research those on yourself relatively quickly. And you want to do that because you want to look past the hype to understand the full details and ensure that the fund that you are going to invest in to execute your indexing strategy, that the portfolio is broad, it provides the diversification, it meets your criteria, and that um, and the funds themselves are investment worthy. And that's something that you will have to do on your on your own. And if you do not have the time to do that on your own, then this is where you want to work with a seasoned investor to help you understand optimal index funds to use in order to execute your index investing strategy. So hopefully that makes indexing a little bit more clear. Uh, naturally, you might be thinking, hey, which what index funds should you invest in and how much? Again, those are all personal questions that boil down to your personal risk tolerance, your time horizon, how much you want to commit to investing on on a on a uh, on a uh, on an annual basis or a monthly basis or whatever, and a host of other factors. So. Again, what I want you to do is ask yourself, look, how risky are you? And under and that question of how risky are you, that really is the 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 tipping point as to whether an index investing strategy is right for you or not. You know, so if you are one who is not as risky, maybe you ought to look heavily into engaging in an index investing strategy, one that will follow uh, and, and look to generate similar returns relative to a broad market versus you trying to go out and select your own um, individual securities or what have you and build your portfolio that way. So start by asking yourself, how risky are you? You know, so and if if you need some help trying to understand your risk tolerance and need some help to try to understand, you know, and put further context regarding not just this particular strategy, but also, you know, how do I determine the right way for me to start my investment program? This is where you want to seek professional help and find a good qualified financial advisor who can really, really help you. Thank you for tuning in today to this episode of Unbiased. I hope today's conversation empowered your decisions and sparked your conversation or maybe even sparked a different thought concerning your personal finances. And I greatly appreciate you again tuning in today. Feel free to reach out to me uh, via social media. 
My Twitter handle is Hairston, that's H-A-I-R-S-T-O-N underscore Mike. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Michael G. Hairston, MBA, or you can reach out to me via email at Michael at Alpha Financial, that's one word, dot com. Again, that's email is Michael at Alpha Financial dot com. Thank you very much. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon.